Hey everyone, this is Thea, and I want to welcome you to the corner of here and now, where we talk about real life, recovery, success, spirituality, and anything else that might come up right here, right now. Hold on to your seat, because we're in for a ride. Welcome back to the corner of here and now. This is episode 2.40. So it's our 41st episode in a friggin' row. I can't believe it. I'm going strong until January 1st, and then we'll we'll figure it out from there. And then we'll have almost 80 episodes up at that point, which is absolutely bonkers. Most podcasts don't make it past three to five ep- episodes. So I don't know. The fact that I'm just sitting here doing this is <laughs> kind of crazy. But I'm really excited today. I have a returning guest, somebody that you all know very well, and I'm really excited to just have a riffing conversation. Would you like to introduce yourself, young man? Hello. This is Daniel. Daniel's back. Back back on it. Not at the kitchen table. No. It's a much prettier room, actually. Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah, happy to be back here. I'm I'm amazed that you've been doing this. Uh, It's it's an undertaking and a hell of a commitment and we're great out the gate i was always told like uh we're good at starting things but to actually like continue through and finish every day is a big deal it's crazy i can't believe it either i don't want to do it most days because i wait too long too i wait till like nine o'clock at night and i'm like oh i guess i should do the podcast (laughs) it's a lot of discipline i listened to the first episode when we were on our trip and um and I was like, wow, what can I do different for that many days? And it's hard, even simple. I, I, I gave myself a very simple um, thing to do for the next, you know, till January, whatever. Right. And uh, I have not succeeded. Yeah, I did this morning, so that's cool. There you go. And that's it, too. You just get right back on the, on the wagon. Like, it's not about, I don't think ultimately it's about failure or success. I think it's more about... How do I bounce back? Am I beating myself up? What can I do differently next time? How can I set myself up to win? Like there's different ways I think that we can come at it so that we're not that person crying out for failure like the like the basic text tells us. And there's a line I read out of the basic text just on one of the podcasts in the last couple of days about how we have to learn how to succeed. Mm. And we don't we don't know how to do that. I'm still figuring that out. There's still areas in my life where I really, really struggle with that success component, whatever that is, you know, I don't even know. Um, so yeah, it's a kind of a weird, it's a weird deal. And it also said what another thing that really grabbed me from the readings over the last couple of days I've been doing is there's a line where it says something along the lines of the steps help us rebuild our fractured personalities. Mm. Oh, fuck. Like, that is so cool. Because a fracture can heal. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't say that we're permanently broken. Um, personality, I think, is an interesting word to be chosen. Like, they could have used a lot of other words other than personality. But I find that they that's an interesting word. And it, that we can um, do something with our identity. And we can decide to 
make these changes in our life. And I think that's a really powerful thing. It is. They use that word a lot, personality. So I looked it up real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, personality is the combination of characteristics or qualities that form an individual's distinctive character. Ooh. And no, I think even it, it kind of defines and tells you where your personality or character is by definition. Because when I try to start something, it's not in the like, you're right. I don't think it's in the completing it. It tells me hey, a lot about what I need to know about Daniel and where Daniel's at today when I try to start something. Mm-hmm. And then what comes up, right? So then the next day, I don't want to do it. Well, how do I react to something that I don't want to do? Do I have character? Do I have integrity? Right. Do I have enough self-love? Do I is there that self-defeating part where part of me just says screw it because I'm more comfortable, maybe not even succeeding in a task of, for me, it was, um, getting on my knees every morning to pray. That's something that I I generally don't do, but it was like, you know what? just being in that posture of humility to me is the uh, magic behind that. And I was like, you know, I'm a hit or miss. So some very simple, very Mm -hmm. simple. Mm-hmm. Um, most That's people an interesting do that choice. One well. Most people might say, "I'm going to drink a glass of water every morning" or something, but you you went a different route on that. I did. It's what came up, uh, and then what does it say about me in the mornings that I don't do that? I'm like, well, no, I think the getting the coffee is a bit more important, mm-hmm. and then sitting down. So it's like how just even trying to do something I think shows me a lot. Maybe everything I need to know about me and my personality right now. <clears throat> When we were at Tony Robbins last year, one of the big things that struck me that he said was that it's not about accomplishing the goal. It's about who you become on the way to the Mm. goal. And I think that's a little bit of what you're talking about, too, is like, who am I becoming on the way? Who am I going to be when I get there? Who do I need to be to get to the goal? So who do I need to be to hit my knees every morning? What does that person look like? What do they feel? What are they after? And then am I able to follow through and I'm, am I really willing to become that person or is it just, do I just like the idea of it? Sometimes just the idea right. of it. Yeah. Cause I have to change to get there. Yep. It says in the, back in that book, it says a personality changes what we really need. Right. Right. Cool. You had a little topic or you had a little something, something you wanted to, uh, to throw out today. Well, no, I, yeah, a little bit. We were talking uh, prior to doing this as usual, which is one of the, one of the ways it started. Um, and we're talking about, I don't know, like getting, getting complacent, but one of the things like, and, and the work and, and Thea said a good one earlier that she'll share cause it was a good one. Um, but I was thinking about it last night. There was a, a part, I was in a meeting and, and I was supposed to bring the topic and, and so I was reading in the, in the big book and there was a part in there that was talking about, you know, uh, when, when there's a newcomer, they might have a lot of knowledge, man. They might have a lot of religious knowledge. They might have a lot of just experience in life and it'll be interesting to them how you might have a whole lot less, but you're succeeding in an area that they can't. And so that humility is what I got out of it. Uh, self-knowledge availing me, nothing I got mm-hmm. out of it, but then it was like, it was applying that to the newcomer. And I reply that to myself because I came in with a lot of head stuff that did me absolutely no good, religiously, spiritually, right? But there was no personal relationship behind anything. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stop using. So, okay, humbling factor. Um, I need to need to kind of start over with that. But then I applied it to myself today, and it was like, well, damn, I do the same things today. I'll get to that point, 
in in understanding. I'll get past some work, or I'll get pa- get to a next level. I'll level up mm-hmm, a little bit, mm-hmm. and then I'll all of a sudden want to start applying that to everybody else. To an you know to an extent, like oh, now I can relax. I found the way. I understand the way. And that's just so not true. <laughs> but I see it a lot, you know, and and all the different, you know all the people that I know that are trying to grow as people, right. whether it's in re- recovery or not, um, I think all suffer from this because, yeah, ego will come in. Well, I, f- I figured it out. And you were saying something before we hit record that was pretty cool about that. A couple things came to mind as you were talking. One of them, I, was, would, would, I would wonder about the level of desperation of the person. If someone comes in and they are truly at their bottom, if they've hit rock bottom, whatever that is. I read a definition of rock bottom the other day and it said something to the effect of it's when there are no other options of available. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting uh, way to look at that. I hadn't thought of it in those terms, but um, if you're truly at rock bottom and someone says you need to do a third step and give your will and your life over, you're going to be like, fuck. Yeah, here you go. Here you go. God, no other option, no fucking other option. But if you come into the rooms and maybe you are at rock bottom, but you have all this knowledge, you're going to want to know exactly what God is. And I can't turn it over because of this. And we're going to come up with all these ideas. So I would, first of all, wonder about a level of desperation and what that has to do with some of that. I was pretty desperate when I got here. I knew nothing about God when I got here. And I've, I've shared this before, but um, I come from a family of people that they just don't go to church. My mom was raised in the Catholic Church, and she wasn't going to put us through any of that. And my dad was raised in some kind of Christian thing in Oklahoma, and he wasn't going to put us through that. So we literally had no God in our house. Not that it it just wasn't spoken of. We didn't go to church. So I literally came in as a blank slate. And um, so I think for me that was very advantageous because I didn't have any preconceived ideas. And when they... I, although I balked a bit at a third step, I was kind of like, well, shit, I don't want to smoke crack anymore. And if this is what I have to do, fuck it. Here, take it. So at first it was very like, okay, whatever. But it it picked up speed. It was like a snowball. So that's what worked really well for me. So I was able to pull that trigger, so to speak, and, and do that um, and have some open-mindedness to try different things when it came to my higher power, if you will. Um, <clears throat> but what we were talking about, too, before... Um, before we started was this really cool study came out several, many, many years ago now. Um, and it had to do with people graduating from MIT. And what they found was that the people graduating from MIT that had a C grade, like they graduated with a C average versus an A average did much better in their jobs, in their life. They were much more financially successful, Um, and so forth. And the reason that they figured out was, was that they were much more willing to take risks and pull the trigger on things. They didn't need all the answers before they, before they were willing to, to do the process. And I find that very interesting because you even look at who's successful today and, you know, the Steve Jobs of the world, the guy dropped out of college and built apple in his garage for god's sakes he didn't give a shit he didn't know all everything but he knew that that was what he wanted to do and he was willing to go down that road so um i don't want to get in a big discussion about that necessarily but i think that's an interesting way to look at that we can also look at it from that fixed versus growth mindset 
if I come into this program with a very fixed mindset, mm. I am not going to mm. get very far. I have to open my mind. And if anybody's interested in reading a book, it's by Carol Dweck. And it is a great book. It's called Mindset. And it talks all about fixed and growth mindset in all, all areas, schools, sports, different areas and stuff like that. But it's a fascinating book. And um, once you read it and then go sit in the rooms... <laughs> Hmm. You're screwed. Oh, fixed growth, fixed growth, growth, fix, fixed, fixed growth, growth. <laughs> it's another way to <laughs> to classify to classify people, but but it is. It's a real eye opener. And I may have a growth mindset in some areas, but a very fixed mindset mm -hmm. in other areas. So um, I think that's kind of what you're talking about as well. It is. I think it's a level of deprogramming. And I think you're no, you're exactly right. One of our good friends had said. Uh, a couple of years ago that his least favorite, I don't know if he used the word favorite, but whatever people, when they come in, uh, the hardest to work with, we'll say are the ones that do that have the fixed mm -hmm. mindset that know things. Uh, a lot of them, you know, like when someone comes in and they're, I'm a Christian and I already know all this and there's this, there's no, I've already got it. Mm-hmm. And so there's a level of like deprogramming that has to take place mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, that's all well and good, but that's really not even what we're talking about. We're not talking about dogma. We're not talking about religion. We're talking about like right. actual spiritual principles and practice, but it's so hard mm -hmm. to get past that. So yeah, I think it's very advantageous when you came in more on a blank slate. I think for me, I, my rock bottom was more in, internal than, than anything, you know, spiritually. And I didn't feel like I had it anywhere else to go, but to listen. Right. And and to be open minded uh, with stuff, and I'm really glad that I was beat to that point of of, right. of a little bit of willingness to yeah. maybe I don't know everything, right. but I think there's a level of deprogramming that that all all self help all the steps and spirituality I think every level of it is to some degree just more deprogramming. Yes. Yeah, and it, it you can do it in so many different ways, like we've talked about before. It doesn't have to be twelve steps. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, in the, what I was reading, I think last night in the basic text, it talked about how we can form our own ideas around the program. I'm terribly paraphrasing that, but basically to me, what it was saying was that we, I'm going to work it different and I'm going to see it different than Daniel's going to see it and work it. And that's part of it. I don't have to work it exactly like my sponsor or exactly like I'm hanging out with or whomever. I can take this thing and run with it in a lot of different ways. And that's part of the beauty of it as well. Well, I have to make it my own. It, it, mm -hmm. it also says that it's as unique as your fingerprint. Ooh. And then it says somewhere else that there's uh, no model for the recovering addict. And so it reminds me of like, mm -hmm. and it, uh, it reminds me of the way that a lot of Robert Hunter's lyrics for the Grateful Dead were and the way their music was. Hmm. Because what they would do is they would give you just enough breadcrumbs to create kind of a story. But they would leave things open and mysterious and ambiguous to let it, to make it your own. And so they never wanted to tell you what to think or feel in a song. What they wanted to do was leave it broad enough that you listen to it and you drew your own little conclusions and made it your own. They didn't want to orthodox it and gotcha. tell you what the story was about necessarily how to think, just throwing out little keywords here and there to get things stern in your head so that you came away from it with something completely different than anybody else. In a lot of cases. And I think that's uh, that popped in my head because, I mean, I think that's true. I've got to make this my own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't make it yours. I mean, you, you're mm -hmm. 
you're one of my favorite people, but you'd make a really bad higher power. Mm-hmm. I would. I'd be terrible at it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I got to find my own. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I think that's true in a lot of areas of life, though. We have to find our own way. And if, when we try to follow the norm, for lack of a better way to put it, it, it gets us in trouble. On, in, in a lot of areas and and we tend to fall into that and even my desire to fit in so bad mm. you know and being a kid that didn't fit in and was picked on and just all of that stuff and just wanting so badly to be liked that I can fall into those same negative patterns in the program too unless I have someone that can guide me and say it's okay if you do this your own way as long as you're within the between the ditches as we right, say right, right? right so there's no hard and fast real rules and we can reframe it how we choose to and again that's a beautiful part of this this whole higher power thing it can be whatever you want i don't necessarily don't think a doorknob is always the best idea or a light switch. Like yeah, that's I used just to say stupid. that when I got that here. That shit is so. <laughs> but but it gives you the opportunity to say, "Wow, what is my higher power? How does this work? How do I really apply this stuff day in and day out? And how do I expect it to work in my life? And it's a lifestyle." That's the sort of thing I was thinking about while you were talking. It was like, it goes back to the fact that this is a lifestyle. And if I have to be willing to, like, to live this lifestyle. So like using was a certain lifestyle. There were certain things that came along with it. And a, a certain ward, wardrobe and how I acted and the way I talked and the way I walked and all the, all the things, right? Cars I drove, the people I hung out with, the parts of town I go to. It all falls in there. So when we get clean, it's a change of lifestyle. And that is a lot of times even what I see some people getting pulled back out to. They're so addicted to the lifestyle, the fast pace and the chase. And chaos. The, the chaos. Um, and, you know, you can still have that when you're clean. That's <laughs> for damn sure. Yeah, yeah. The, the guy's using his blower. Do you want me to shut the window? Yeah, that'd be good probably. We have the windows open today. It's such a beautiful day. So, yeah, so being willing to live the lifestyle, oh, that's a lot better, um, is, I think, super important. But it, it takes a lot of guts, like we've talked about in the past. It's not, an, it's not an easy transition to make. And if you're hanging out with people that are new, that are still living the lifestyle, but they're clean, it becomes a real slippery slope doesn't work it's as if the if the using doesn't get you the lifestyle will mm-hmm. and one way or another you know um you had said something earlier and i was thinking about about wanting that that validation and needing that i mean we all do right i mean that that's what we say is the whole thing's about connection and and i was uh there were two things that popped in my head you know you, you learn from connecting with other people and interacting with other people that's how i learned and i'm talking to a guy the other day and he's so bitterly Oh my good God, like so deeply bitter and angry and resentful at God. It just pours off of him. And, you know, I told him, I was like, well, it's, it's not God or the great spirit or your higher power that needs to change. It's your conception of it. You're resentful at something you created. So basically you're resentful at yourself and you like it Well, he likes it too. Well, it's right. part of his identity, it's right? Part, exactly. It's and that so, whole idea of becoming the identity. 
So it's, it, you know, and then talking to another person that, you know, felt so lonely in this world. And I, and I, it was like, you know, then where am I getting it from? Am I getting that, that, that being filled up from other people mm-hmm. or what society thinks? There's that separation. Yep. The book says, I've been reading the book a lot. You guys can, everybody can tell, but it talked about anytime I pin myself as inferior or superior, I build separation. Like, I don't know when they're putting this stuff in my book. Like, I've had this book for years. And lately when I open it up and read it, I'm like, oh, my God, when did this get in here? It's crazy. But I sat and just stared at that line the other night for quite a while. Like, any time I make myself inferior or superior, I'm making separation. Again, I'm paraphrasing horribly, but um, wow. Wow. And right here, right now, I am neither. Right here, right now, in the moment, on the corner of here and now, right now, I am neither superior or inferior. I'm just this breath. Well, it, it's funny. I, I'll play around when I do a group or well, whatever. I, I don't plan very very much. or or And I'll play around and we'll get going on a thought. And, um, and I'll just see where it goes. I'll start writing on the board, just see where it goes with them. And it, that's the best way. The best ones are always that way. And we had a whole list of depression, anxiety, stress, fear. And, and, we, and it just kind of, you know, organically happened where it's like all that got categorized by all that shit exists in only two places, the past and the future. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. Uh, there's a part of me uh, subconsciously that's inferior right now because I'm in the future in my head and I'm like, well, I'm just not good enough. I'm not enough. You right. know what I mean? Right. And oh, yeah. well, that's, but right in this moment, bringing it back mm-hmm. perfectly fine. Yep. That the worry, the fear, the stress, the depression, the anxiety, I was laughing, uh, that day because I laugh a lot about this, how, when, you know, people first are, are coming into treatment or coming into the program, you know, they'll, if they go see a professional, they'll be diagnosed with, you know, uh, generalized anxiety disorder, depression, you know, moderate depression. I laugh my ass off. I'm like, well, no shit. Yeah. Well, they, everything, this is a whole other conversation on some level, but everything's a pathology, right? So in our society and in medicine, everything has become a pathology or a diagnosis. And again, that falls into that fixed and growth mindset too. Well, just tell me what I have. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to take. Tell me what to take, and I'll do it. I see it in my practice all the time. People will come in with Mm. low back pain, whatever, right, which is probably the most common thing, or some kind of sports injury. Well, just tell me what I have. Well, I'm not exactly sure what you have, but this is what we're going to do to treat it. Well, like, it's like, look, you don't need a diagnosis. And the people that are toughest to get this through their head, that, look, if we treat you, if we do soft tissue work, adjusting, and um, teach you how to move better, maybe a little exercise, you're going to be fine. But the ones that are the toughest to get that message to, they have a very fixed mindset. And it's interesting because it's the engineers, it's the bankers, it's these guys that have these very specific lanes that they stay in, um, especially my NASA engineers (laughs) that come in the office. I'm just like, what's wrong with me, Theo? What's wrong with me? I'm like, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Well, well, it could be this or it could be that. I've got a couple things floating around in my head, but I'm very reluctant to put a diagnosis or a prognosis on anyone because I don't, as soon as I tell somebody too, oh, you have this, 
Then they go, oh my God, I have this and I'm not going to be able to do X, Y, Z and ABC. And I go, uh, 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 that's what we want to stay away from. You came here because you want to run, because you want to play soccer. As soon as I put that diagnosis or prognosis on you, now it's, oh, I can't play soccer. And I'm like, that's what we want to stay away from. So I see the same thing happening in the centers, if you will, in a lot of them, because they're putting these prognosis, these diagnosis slash prognosis on people. Oh, well, you know, Thea, I have X, Y, Z, and I've been diagnosed with this. And I go, uh-huh. You know, well, I have, and I go, look, a disc herniation is like a freaking, is like wrinkles in your back. What? I, it's just, it's welcome to reality welcome to being a human walking this planet and i would say the same is true of anxiety and all these other things especially with this new reading i've been doing and it's like that's just a uh, uh, survival mechanism anxiety is just a survival mechanism what are you going to do with it oh i know that changes the whole you should see daniel's face y'all yeah did the one eyebrow <laughs> up the you did the john belushi with the eyebrows yes. Like, what? it's interesting when you start digging in on, that's the new guy we've been, that's the book. Oh, the book, yeah. The book Daniel's dragging his feet on. But Oh, yeah, completely. But he talks about that. Like, maybe this stuff is just survival mechanisms. Like, you've got some old thing that whenever you walk down the beer aisle at the grocery store, you have an anxiety attack. Well, you don't have anxiety. You have some old memory or trauma that has to do with liquor. It has nothing to do with you needing a pill. Or anything. This is just a broad example. But I'm like, when I read that, I go, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. Heck, yeah. It's me. It's my body reacting to the fact that I'm in an unsafe place. Well, yeah, just like if and, and they're good for survival. Yes. This is good. I yes. walk up. I was thinking about water moccasins. I walk up to a damn <laughs> angry water moccasin. You're damn right. I hope I have some anxiety. Correct. Because if I'm all like just peace and love and want to pet the some yeah. bitch, like that's not going to go well. Correct. Um, same thing if I go pet the beer, uh, it's just not going to go well. Correct. You know, it's, uh, correct. So there should be a little bit of, of trepidation there mm -hmm. and some fear. I love it when people sit in the rooms and go, I don't have any fear. Oh, well then you're not fucking living life. Well, and it's, it's like Sarah Blondin says, you know, uh, that that fear Ooh, is a servant. Drop the Sarah Blondin. I love Sarah. I asked for her book for Christmas. <laughs> oh, she has a book? Yeah, it came out. I used to uh, follow before I watched The Social Dilemma and, and got rid of most of my social media. I used to, like, fangirl her and, and uh, follow her. I believe it came out in July. So, Haley, wow. uh, that is still what I want for Christmas. Haley. But Haley. she would always, she reframed it for me that anxiety is a servant. Ooh. That I think when it gets bad is when it, when, like you had said, when I make that part of my identity, mm -hmm. I carry that on. And, and it, it stops me from growing or moving. That's right. when it's bad. I mean, otherwise, right. like fear, she always, she said in the first time she said it in that uh, Unmasking Fear deal uh, that's on YouTube and all mm -hmm. the things, um, she said, man, it's there as your servant. And I was like, well, I've never thought of fear as my friend that's right. or anxiety as my friend right. before, but I got to deprogram again. And it's you all that leaning back. in. It's all mm. that leaning in, yeah, too. I'm going to lean the, into this feeling, this anger, this grief, this fear. This whatever, these feelings I'm having, I have to get okay with feeling my feelings. Like, That's big nice. hawk outside, y'all. He's getting it. Man. Uh, anyways, oh, I just saw him fly over. Uh, I have to get to where I'm okay feeling my feelings. I had a sponsee recently re relapse, and they 
drank and you know and so I'm talking to this person and going, uh-huh, uh-huh. I said, well, what happened? You know, you're doing the whole conversation. Well, I had these really bad feelings I just really didn't want to feel. And so I drank. And I'm like, well, you know those feelings are going to come up over and over and over again. Like, they are not going to go away. How did you use the steps to deal well i'm powerless over the feelings god will restore me to sanity around the feelings i can give the feelings to god i can write about it if i need to i can do a little mini quickie four step i can call someone i can tell them like boom you just did a 10 step right there in the fucking moment like that's a beautiful thing um oh oh that's the application of the steps not that's not just hey i want to get an a on these steps and check oh, mark Lord. them and do them right i need to learn oh. how to actually apply this stuff and and how can i use this in the moment i was thinking something crazy in bed this morning i was just laying around and this crazy thought came to me and i just took a deep breath and i went god please take this away from me restore me to sanity but it's second nature to me now. Mm-hmm. It's not something I, not always, like there's times where I go way down the rabbit hole. But this morning I was able to go, God, take this away. And I closed my eyes, took a deep breath, and it was gone. doesn't always happen like that. But a man, am I grateful when it does? Mm-hmm. So um, I think that whole application of all this stuff is, is, is anything that you're doing, whether it's 12 steps or the Claim Your Power book or the Tony Robbins or the Sarah Blondin or the the BB, the Brene Brown, like whatever you're doing, I have to be, this isn't just spiritual candy. Like I have to be willing to apply it so that I can get somewhere and I'm not always in the same place. And with these people that are relapsing all the time, they never fucking get anywhere. You are in the exact same place over and over. It's like you get to a certain place, you drink or use right back where you started. Get to a, people do it with dieting. That 20 pounds, like I've lost the same 20 pounds four times. I'm always in the same fucking place and I've done it. I'm, I'll say it here to all 31 and a half of my listeners. However the fuck Haley hates it when you number I know, <laughs> but I don't even know. I don't know how many people are listening, but you know what I'm trying to say? It's like, but I stay in the same place. That means I'm staying in the same identity. I'm yep. staying in the same feelings. Yep. I know how to start, but I don't know how to finish. So it means I'm comfortable. Yep. Like there's a whole, a whole, that sequ- whole fear of succeeding. Oh, it's just right there, uh-huh. man. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's um. <laughs> He's bewildered. It's all fear based. Yeah. It, it really is. Everything's, everything. Oh, one of the things that you're talking about with with people, with any of us, I think on any level, but people that that stay in the same place, I guarantee in in all those situations, in mine and yours, it's somewhere in there. There's some kind of fear based victim identity stuff. Sure. Because it, hell yeah, it's more comfortable if it's not my fault. I, this is my identity. This is what this is just what I do, Thea. I just mm-hmm. relapse and go back to treatment, mm-hmm. or I just this is just how it is because, and then some whatever victim story, whether it's me putting myself in a box of a prognosis or whether it's something that happened to me or whether, cause God just sucks mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. whatever the case, or, well, this program just doesn't work for me. Or, it's, go ahead. And it's all victimy stuff. Like, yes. like you're saying, yes. like actually applying this shit is 100% different than reading about it or talking about it right. or listening to it. Right. And, and I know in my experience, mm-hmm. I'm sure it is. And everyone else is like this. Yeah. I absolutely, it's 100% different to actually apply it. 
And I think from where I'm at right now is that I, I really don't victimize or blame anyone except myself. But the story of blaming myself has gotten so deep. The identity around, I don't even know what it is, me blaming me for everything. And um, when Chaz was here a few weeks back, he made a very interesting statement to me. He's like, I was a guilt sponge. And I about fucking fell out of my chair. And I thought, oh, my God. Yes, I take on fucking everybody's shit. And then I take mine on even 10 times more than what I need to. And so that it's not even me blaming my parents anymore. I really don't. I, I really believe I've done the work there. I really don't blame mom and dad, but I'll blame me because I'm the piece of shit and I'm the one that did this and I'm the one that did that. Even, you know, I blame myself for my parents getting divorced when I was a kid and like all the things. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm taking on everything. No wonder I can't get anywhere. So that's where I've been lately is working on that and being able, you know, we said earlier, the, the, uh, the re the reward for the work is more work. And it's just like, yeah, turning the light on me, turning the light on me and not in a, um, demoralizing, humiliating way, but try to turn the light on me with, with more love and compassion and taking care of me and letting myself off the hook, um, has, has been huge. It, it's an ongoing thing. I'm not anywhere near where I'd like to be with that. And there you go. I just did it. Again with that. But that's, that's how it, that's how it is, man. And it's all, it all sounds like self-centeredness too, yeah. selfish self-centeredness yep. or past it's or future. All the guilt is mine. Yes. <laughs> like Lord of the Rings, my precious. It's crazy. My story. Don't change it. Uh, In some way, I'm going to keep that bitch. <laughs> I love it. What else you got? Anything? Not really. I have no idea what we talked about. I don't either. But so it, that's always that's good. It seemed to go down a pretty good, uh, pretty good little little path. How are it, how are things going for you in your life and your work and all that kind of stuff? Everything's good. I think talking about this today is is reminding me of something I always have to remind myself of to allow myself mm -hmm. to be very teachable, allowing myself mm -hmm. to be that blank slate that you came in with. Right. I, I want to walk out of here today, go about my day, go to the park, um, and have the picnic and just be a blank slate for the rest of the day. What a beautiful thing to just was, take it as it comes like that. Absolutely. I was thinking about that on the way over here when I first, uh, lived here, mm -hmm. um, I would go a different way and I'd go down that by Bayport. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I thought that was the coolest thing. I would get so excited going on that road. Cause I, it felt to me like they built a highway just for me. Cause no one was ever on it. <laughs> it's nice road. Mm -hmm. And well, except for anyway, that one turn that, and, and I, and I'd be so excited and I'm driving down it today and now it's kind of old hat. Yeah. And I'm not being as excited. And I was like, make it a blank slate, Daniel. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I just got all this joy because it's still just as cool as the first time that I yeah. drove down there. I still like it. You see how much taller um, the containers are now? Like their oh stack man. of containers over there is insane. And they've gotten rid of some of the trees, and that hurt my feelings. Oh, don't even get but, me started. Um, so I want to walk out of here a blank slate. I want to be. I don't want to be that guy that it was that it was talking about. I don't want to be complacent. I want to always be growing with this thing, allowing myself to be just kind of what I am humble and, and not knowing everything and just kind of, kind of dumb. Yeah. 
not in a bad connotation no, or in a bad no, way, but no, just no. blank slate, blank open, page. Open to whatever <sighs> to whatever the universe brings, I think, is a, a beautiful place to be. Uh, was that uh, a birthday thing years ago, 15, 20 years ago, whatever, and this... And it was at the old Lambda, Lambda Club downtown, and it was a birthday night, and the person goes up, and they get their chip, and, like, one person talks to them, talks about them, and blah, blah. So they would just file through. It was a bunch of people. And this woman got up, and I've shared this story before, but this woman got up and told the little thing about her sponsee, and then the sponsee got up there and started sharing. And the woman was slow. She mm. was special. I'm sorry, I don't know how to say it any better than that but I you like could tell it. by her speech and her mannerisms and her you know the way she stood and the whole thing um but she was an alcoholic and she was picking up like a four or five year chip but she said the most profound things and i've often thought to myself holy cow like that's it's beautiful because we can think our way right out of here like we can the smartest people don't last here like it's it's really tough a lot of times like we talked about earlier the the a students from mit they can't pull the trigger they have to know everything instead of being willing to pull the trigger take the chances learn how to succeed get okay with failure and just pick up and move move on and um that's the that's the 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 deal, and I've never forgot that woman that day. I love that. that. I can chip. picture it. That's it, beautiful. It was amazing. I think I might have even cried while I was sitting there. I want to so. be like her. Yeah. Today, I think yeah. they say intellectual disability. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I've, what been, the, Haley's trying to train me. The PC term is on that. But so. I want to be like her. Yeah. That's so. And she awesome. was super happy. I was like, wow, this is really cool. So. I want to anyway. be a C student. I'm yes. telling you what. I love that. That's so true, man. Because a lot of so much of my misery mm-hmm. and my suffering is coming yeah. from all those attachments to yep. ideas and beliefs. And Daniel knows these mm-hmm. things, and I'll control mm-hmm. you, and I know what you need to do, and all this shit, man. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. awesome. I, I love you. Thanks for having me back. Loved having you. Thanks so much. I will be back tomorrow, everybody. And uh, peace out. All right, everyone. That's another episode of the Corner of Here and Now. Thank you for joining me. If you like what you're hearing, please share, comment, and or subscribe. Please know that the music used in this podcast is the one and only Kenny Cordray. The song is called Rojo that was generously donated by his family. Until the next time we meet on the corner of here and now, remember, we're all just walking each other home. Peace out.